Hey, yeah, you. Have you seen this movie? That's what I thought. Go watch before continuing on, because we are going to spoil every bit of it. We'll be waiting for you. Also, you can follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at DylansFRF, or email us at DylansFRF at gmail.com. Thanks! Dylan's First Run Features Here are your hosts, Ryan Mason and Dylan Mason. This is Lane Hewitt speaking. Welcome to the debut episode of Dylan's First Round Features, or as we like to call it, Deferf. Deferf. My name is Ryan. And my name is Dylan. Dylan, as I understand it, I am your dad. Is that correct? That is correct, yes. Oh, woof. Okay. Deferf. What the is... heck? <laughs> How dare you, sir? Deferf is where we discuss and review movies that Dylan has never seen, whether they be current or classic. Dylan's been watching movies all his life, but in the past three or four years, he's been exploring a wide range of genres and movies from every decade. Dylan also keeps a running top ten list of his favorite movies that seems to change almost monthly as he discovers new gems. So why don't you tell the people what your current top ten is, son? At number ten, I have Tick, Tick, Boom. At number nine, I have Schindler's List. At number eight, I have Dr. Strangelove. At number seven, I have Whiplash. At number six, I have Pig. At number five, I have Come On, Come On. At number four, I have Licorice Pizza. At number three, I have Inside Lewin Davis. At number two, I have Come and See. And my favorite movie of all time is It's a Wonderful Life. It's a very nice variety of movies you got there, boy. Thank you. Well, for this debut episode, we'll be covering a movie that surprisingly he hadn't seen until now. Dylan's First Run Features presents Prisoners. Kids has gone for more than a week. I couldn't find them! I have half as good a chance of being found. I'm going to find your daughters. Show me your hands! We're running out of time. Where'd you put those girls? Every day, she's wondering why I'm not there. Me, not you. Not you, but me! Prisoners, rated R. Prisoners stars Hugh Jackman. Jake Gyllenhaal, Viola Davis, Melissa Leo, Maria Bello, Terrence Howard, Paul Dano, Dylan Minnette, Zoe Soule, Aaron Gerasimovich, Kyla Drew, Wayne Duvall, Len Carew, David Dasmalchian, Brad James, Anthony Reynolds, Robert C. Trevelier, and Sandra Ellis Lafferty. It was directed by Denis Villeneuve, and it was written by Aaron Guzikowski. That is one hell of a cast. Yes, it is. The acting in this movie is really spectacular. I think this is the first movie that I really appreciated Hugh Jackman's acting talents. Still, to this day, this is my favorite performance of his. And he's done some good work, but this one, to me, is just a standout. For sure. A very close second, though, is his performance as the Wolverine. Wolverine's iconic, but, I mean, as far as outside of the MCU, you know, as his dramatic roles, his comedic roles and what have you, I think this is his best so far that I've seen. Also, we're not talking about the wrestling murderer, but um, the... <laughs> But the superhero, the Wolverine. That's right. And he killed it as Wolverine, and I still appreciate his performance in those. 
and the wrestling Wolverine killed his family. So he sure did. Yeah. Anyway, we weren't even talking about no, it. No, we weren't. Nope. Anyway, um, this movie also stars my favorite actor of all time, Jake Gyllenhaal. Hmm. In this movie, he plays a detective named Detective Loki. He's good. He's not as good as Jackman, but he's certainly good. He's very good. One thing in my research I found is that the tattoos on his neck and on his hands and so forth, those are symbols of the Masonic Temple. He's a Freemason. Yeah, and then he also, if you notice in the movie, which I've seen him do this in other movies too, but he does have like facial twitches. Like when he gets upset or something, his, his eyes will, will kind of twitch. And it's his, yeah, I've seen that before. Apparently that's something that he did specifically for this movie. Though I've seen him do it in other movies. I feel like he might have done some of that in Nightcrawler, which is my favorite performance of his. Oh yeah, for sure. That's my favorite movie of, well, second favorite movie behind Donnie Darko. I feel that Donnie Darko is a better movie. And I know you disagree. Yeah, I mean, I like Donnie Darko for what it is, but I just think Nightcrawler is superior. But that's just my opinion. Nightcrawler is excellent. Donnie Darko is probably my favorite sci-fi movie. And as a person who doesn't necessarily love sci-fi, that blew me away. Well, it's definitely a cult classic, and it's it's a phenomenal sci-fi movie. That Speaking of movies with a hell of a cast, I mean... Yeah. That's got a hell of a cast, including the late great Patrick Swayze. Oh, Yes. Poor dead Patrick Swayze. Poor dead Patrick Swayze. It's too bad he's just a royal douche in that one. Yeah. <laughs> well, you know, child molesters usually are. Yeah. Not that Patrick Swayze was a child molester, oh, but his God, character no. was. Patrick Swayze was a good man. Patrick Swayze was a good man. One thing we both enjoyed in this movie was that the supposed bad guy through most of the movie, played by Paul Dano, his character's name was Alex Jones. We all know of the infamous conspiracy theorist, complete nut bar, Alex Jones from InfoWars. There was a pretty great joke in this one. Do you, re- do you remember what that joke was? Uh, yeah. I don't think, it wasn't even supposed to be a joke, I don't think. Maybe maybe the writer did find some humor in it, and maybe he threw it in there just as a little jab. But, but um, to us, it came off as a pretty great, yeah. pretty great joke. So this takes place in a very intense scene, and... It's where Paul Dano is being questioned by the cops for being a suspect in the disappearance of the two main children of the movie. And he's taken in, and in this movie, Paul Dano is not a smart man. No. And uh, same goes for the real Alex Jones. Anyway, (laughs) one of the detectives says, yeah, Alex Jones has like the IQ of like 10 he has like 10 iq points or something like that (laughs) and that's uh that's accurate stuff right (laughs) hey did you know that they're putting chemicals in the water that turn the frogs gay (laughs) i don't like them putting chemicals in the water that turn the friggin frogs gay so let's back up as far as this movie is concerned uh the as you sort of mentioned there with the plot two young girls come up missing um, one girl is Hugh Jackman and Maria Bello's daughter, and the other one is Viola Davis and Terrence Howard's daughter. They're all friends, and they're together for Thanksgiving Day, and the two daughters go back down to Hugh Jackman's house. They're, they're at Viola Davis and, and Terrence Howard's house. They go back down to Hugh Jackman's house to try to find a whistle. Jackman's girl, she loves this whistle, but she can't find it. So they go back to the house to find it, 
and they end up coming up missing. Yeah. Paul Dano is the top suspect because his camper was at the scene, and then later on when the police find his camper at a at a gas station, he freaks out and floors it and ends up driving into a tree and therefore becoming the suspect, even though he doesn't have the girls with him. Yeah. And that's how the movie really kicks off. From there, it's just a passionate crime drama, story of grief, story of loss. Really just an incredible movie. And yeah. Hugh Jackman, Jake Gyllenhaal, Viola Davis, Maria Bello, Terrence Howard, and Paul Dano, for that matter, they all just kill it in this movie. Yes, absolutely. As we all know, Viola Davis is awesome. Viola Davis is untouchable. Yeah, she's amazing in everything that she's like ever done. She is a flawless actress, and... One of the best. Like every other film, she kills it in this movie. Oh, yeah. And let's talk about a very underrated performance in this movie from Terrence Howard. Terrence Howard's really good. He... I, I think that his career got a little bit sidelined because he is known to be a little difficult. But he did have Empire, which is a big show. That was sort of a comeback for him, but there for a little bit his career kind of stalled out. But this was sort of at the... I don't want to say the height of his first run. Um, he was nominated for an Oscar for Hustle and Flow, which is a great movie we may have to cover someday. And he was in Crash, which was an Oscar winner. Then he kind of had a little falling out. I think it had something to do with Iron Man because he, he was originally the War Machine character. He was? Yeah, in the first movie, he was the War Machine character. No kidding. And then they had a contractual issue, and then uh, Don Cheadle took over after that. I have not seen the first Iron Man film in so long. Oh, my yeah, you were, God. You were little when you saw that last, yeah. I think. Yeah. I am Iron Man. have lots of interesting takes on film. <laughs> I don't like Forrest Gump. <laughs> nor do I like The Graduate. I don't like There Will Be Blood. I don't like anything from the Friday the 13th franchise, um, <laughs> except House Explosion. <laughs> One moment in the entire franchise. The entire is like, franchise. Uh, yeah. <laughs> House Explosion. Um, yeah, I don't like a lot of classic movies. I think Paul Dano is just slightly overrated. Hmm. He's good in this, he's good in Little Miss Sunshine, and he was good in Love and Mercy. Hmm. I feel that he was not great in There Will Be Blood, but that could be my hatred towards that movie that's making I me I think say that movie's that. clouding you because he was fantastic yeah. in that, in my opinion. I feel like every single actor in that movie just kind of overacted, but... At the same time, that's kind of that movie. Right. I feel like it's just the lack of screen time that he got, but I didn't like the new Batman movie. Personally, I didn't really like Paul Dano in it either because, you know, didn't get much screen time and didn't really get a massive chance to shine in that movie because there's Pattinson and that one girl from Kimmy. I'm here. <laughs> Zoe Kravitz? Yeah, Zoe Kravitz. Yeah. Um. Colin Farrell, believe it or not. Colin Farrell was really great and completely unrecognizable in that cobble pot costume. Then there's Paul Dano, who just kind of 
who's just kind of there. Like he's See, I do- liked him, though. And he's very, very creepy. He's very unsettling. At the same time, he didn't get much screen time to really show off his acting in that movie. He got that one scene where he's locked up in prison, but then there's really nothing else that I can really mention about his performance in it. Like, he's good in th- three out of the five movies that I've seen him in, but at the same time, like, there will be blood. <laughs> <laughs> well, I don't think it's fair to judge him based on yeah. one movie. I mean, oh, no, everybody, I everybody has a movie that, I mean, Al Pacino has... One is arguably one of the best actors of all time, and he's got a slew of turd movies. Jack and Jill. Right, uh, yeah. He's had plenty of bad ones, but it's not not quite fair to judge one person's acting ability on, on one role, I don't think. Yeah, for sure. But I really like Paul Dano. I think he's a, a really solid actor. I think he's very creepy when he's playing a creepy role. Yes, he is. And really, I mean, he, he's he's pretty unsettling in, in most things that he's in, I think. Um, even as Brian Wilson, he was unsettling, but Brian Wilson's kind of an unsettling guy anyway, just because of his, of his mental issues and so forth. But I thought he, I thought Dano was fantastic in that movie. And that's a movie I had low hopes for because Paul Dano, you know, looks like a young Brian Wilson and John Cusack looks like John Cusack. He doesn't really look like older (laughs) Brian Wilson. Um, but he was still great. So I don't know. You might check yeah. that movie out, uh, Love and Mercy, at uh, streaming services near you. Speaking of Al Pacino, we're probably going to be doing some stuff from uh, Pacino you know, in the distant future. We'll be doing a little bit of everything, I'm sure. A little bit of everything, but yeah. one specific trilogy in particular, which you should get ready for that one. But, um, <laughs> so you told me this. Every single person in this movie, in some way or another... Is a prisoner. That's correct. Explain. Aside from the obvious uh, physical prisoners, the two little girls, at one point Paul Dano becomes a prisoner. There's a, a man who is a prisoner in the basement of a priest because he was a child molester and the priest kidnapped him basically to try to keep him from doing any, any more harm to any other kids. There are a lot of characters in this movie that are physical prisoners and there are a lot of them that are mental prisoners. Hugh Jackman, Viola Davis, Maria Bello, Terrence Howard's characters obviously are mental prisoners because their their daughters are missing and they can't do anything about it as, as hard as they try. Jake Gyllenhaal's a prisoner because he too is a detective. That's that's his leads end up going nowhere and he's he's troubled by that entire thing. He's like a prisoner under pressure, really. He's, right. He's right. stuck trying to win a case when he's never lost a case. And this is becoming one that he is seemingly losing. And he can't help but just, like, start breaking and mm-hmm. showing some cracks in his his ego and his detective work and all that. Correct. And yeah, you're it, right. It's really interesting to think about that stuff. Maria Bello is a prisoner to, to depression. She's so deeply depressed over her missing daughter that she can't get out of bed. Dylan Minnette plays Jackman and Bello's son. Dylan and he's Man- killing it. Yeah, he's a great young actor. While missing his sister, he also is not allowed to leave the home because there's always press outside and wanting to talk to him uh, or talk to anyone from the family. So there's everybody in the movie in one form or another, even some down to minor characters, Seem to be a prisoner in some sense. David Dosmalchian's character is kind of a prisoner who's 
breaking into homes, taking children's clothes, leaving and placing them into suitcases full of snakes and blood. His character is sort of a copycat to what's going on with the the other girls and some other missing children yeah. over the years. His prisoner complex in this case would be that he thinks he's something that he isn't. He thinks that he's murdering children when in reality he's burying mannequins. And he's he, he's out of his mind, for sure. Yeah, and just to mention who David Dostmalchian is to people who don't know him by name, but have most likely seen him if you're a superhero fan, he played the polka dot man in the Suicide Squad. Yes. And just to let you know, this guy is a creep in probably everything. He plays a creep in most everything, yeah. And even in some way or another, the polka dot man is very creepy. Yeah, he is. Yeah. <laughs> uh, <laughs> He has a weird fascination with his mother. He sure does. I don't like to kill people, but if I pretend they're my mom, it's easy. Let's go ahead and move on to uh, Denis Villeneuve. Sounds good. One of the best directors in the business right now. I have only seen two of Denis Villeneuve's films. Mm -hmm. I've seen this, and I've seen Dune. And Dune was very cool. Very cool. It absolutely deserved every technical Oscar it it was nominated for. Mm -hmm. Maybe not CGI, even though that CGI was awesome. I personally thought that should go to Free Guy, but you know. <laughs> this is cool. This is a very cool, very awesome movie. But um, at some point, we're probably going to end up covering his other films, which include Enemy, Sicario. Arrival. Arrival, yes. I have not seen Arrival. I'm very excited to cover all of his stuff. And if I were to say anything about what we cover next, I would probably say Enemy, because I've heard that movie is miffed up <laughs> it looks really bizarre it really and it's does. got your boy in it too it so does in two different roles yeah that's weird go. did you want to talk about the script i would love to talk about the script talk about it this movie was written by aaron guzikowski who you most likely will know best for writing raised by wolves which is directed by ridley scott other than that he hasn't written anything that he hasn't i really done a whole know lot, about. Has he? yeah yeah and that's kind of surprising because it's done a this, lot of TV, it looks like. Yeah. This script is killer, though. Mm-hmm. It really keeps you guessing. Even though the twist in the end is fairly predictable, he still puts a spin on that twist with whatever that liquid was. <laughs> if you're familiar with the gory details of the Michael Jackson case, you may <laughs> recall the Jesus Juice which is basically like a spiked Kool-Aid that he would give to kids to knock him out so he could have his way with him. Uh, uh, this disgusting. liquid you're talking about is kind of akin to the Jesus Juice thing. It's something to sedate the kids. Something like that. Yeah. This is my biggest question in the film. If you were to drink all of that, would you die? I don't, know if, you would, I don't know if you would die, but I mean, it could, depending on what is in it, I mean, they never quite say what drug is in that that liquid but yeah if you drink a lot of it i mean yeah, there's a possibility of overdosing i guess hugh jackman drank like half of a gallon near the end of the film and i don't know what could happen if that happens but i don't know if it's just a difference between being a child and being an adult and what could knock you out and how much would it would need to knock you out exactly yeah it's the amount that it would take based on your body size basically because they show a shot earlier in the movie which shows the liquid next to one of the uh kidnapped girls and it shows that barely any of it was gone and that probably shows a lot about what it takes to knock out someone right guzikowski knocked it out of the park i wish he'd do more stuff i'm sure he will 
So let's get to a, a sore subject with me as far as this movie is concerned, and that's the lack of Oscar nominations that ah. it received. It received what? Cinematography nomination? It received a cinematography nomination. And that was it. And that was it. There should have been acting nods in all all four major categories, I think. Absolutely. But who would you nominate for supporting actor? Because there's Terrence Howard and Jake Gyllenhaal. Gyllenhaal. Terrence Howard was great, but Gyllenhaal was a much better character completely, I think, than Terrence Howard was. And let's just talk about how Jake Gyllenhaal has, uh, let's see here, been nominated for probably one Oscar. Didn't he get nominated for Brokeback Mountain? I believe he did, yeah. One time. Did he get nominated for Nightcrawler? No, he didn't. People don't care about the Oscars much. Not many people we, do. I do. Yes. I, I love to watch them. I like to see people win awards for things that they deserve. Do some and of them deserve it, though? Not necessarily. I mean, the wrong people win sometimes, for sure. But I'm traditionalist in that I do enjoy the Oscars, and I know you enjoy watching them with me as well. Yes, and, and uh, I, I think mom does, but, you know, she hates speeches, so. <laughs> but in hindsight, man, as far as this movie is concerned, it, it, I feel like it should have been nominated for a lot. Yeah, You know, sure. screenplay, I think, could have been nominated. Director definitely could have been nominated. It was it's, as good of a Best Picture nominee as anything else that year. And then the main one that should have been nominated was Jackman. Yeah, Hugh Jackman should have been nominated for sure. Yeah. But at the same time that year, he had some heavy competitors. He was going up against Matthew McConaughey for Dallas Buyers Club, Leonardo DiCaprio for Wolf of Wall Street, Bruce Dern for Nebraska, Christian Bale for uh, a tape from behind the scenes of Terminator? Interesting. Oh, good for you! <laughs> <laughs> and um you clever boy <laughs> chiwetel ejiofor yeah but uh yeah they were all nominated um and chiwetel ejiofor was nominated for 12 years of slave which <laughs> should have won probably he should have won yeah yeah what a movie that is but jackman totally deserved a nomination as great as bruce stern was in nebraska which it's a very good movie i i could see them swapping jackman for that nomination but i don't know I don't know either. Bruce Stern's a damn good actor anyway, so. All right, man. Well, let's discuss the overall opinion of the movie. What'd you think? I thought Prisoners was a very well-acted movie, a very well-written movie. It was directed very well. It had some of the best mystery cinematography I've seen. Mm -hmm. Saying that, haven't seen many mystery movies. <laughs> I've still, seen a few, but. Yeah, you're still working on it. Still working on it. Yeah. It's got some great characters. Mm -hmm. And some brutal torture scenes, but yeah, Prisoners is great. I love it too, for all the reasons that you mentioned. Yeah, a damn fine movie, one of the best of that particular year. In my opinion, it's way up there. It's it's a just a amazing movie. It's really great, and it definitely has probably my favorite Jackman performance. Oh, for um, sure. Not quite my favorite Jake Gyllenhaal movie, but it's up there. Yeah, top five at best. Viola Davis killed it. Terrence Howard. Can't wait to see more from him. It's a great movie. It really is. And I really, really enjoyed it. All right. Well, it's been our debut episode, Dylan's first run features. How do you think it went, bud? Well, you know. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's good. <laughs> that's better than, oh, it sucked. <laughs> Indeed. We'll leave that up to the listener to decide. And if it sucked, please don't tell us. Please. Don't. <laughs> you don't have I mean, to. Yeah. We don't want, we don't want to hear that. We're on training wheels right now. We'll get we'll, we'll yeah, get better. We'll get better. We'll get better. Maybe change the format a little. Branch out into more than one movie per episode if it's a trilogy or 
franchise of sorts and um we got lots of ideas so uh speaking of the future what are we doing next time bud i just like to point out that we do take movie suggestions leave your recommendations in the comments of our social medias twitter instagram facebook you can even email us and keep an eye out for a um future tiktok page and um on there you may see some trailers you may see some release dates for our episodes but um, before we even recorded this, I asked some friends for some recommendations. I got several excellent suggestions. Our first recommendation will come from my friend Kyle. He wants us to cover As Above, So Below from 2014. Ah, excellent movie. Yes, I'm very excited about that. Yes. Well, thank you for joining us for the debut episode of Dylan's First Run Features. Follow us on all of our socials and we'll be back next time. Good night. And deferf. Good night. Dylan's first run features is produced and edited by Markham Harvey. Our music is by Dylan Mason. I'm your announcer, Dylan's mother. This has been a Clown Business Coalition production. Good night, everyone. This is Lane Hewitt speaking.